welcome to the Cinematic Stories podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Olson, and this is the podcast where I get to talk to really cool and interesting people about their favorite, uh, about their life through their favorite films. And um, first off, I want to introduce my um, guest and co-host with me today. So I want to welcome Tim Chaplin. Tim, welcome to the show, man. Hey, Thomas. I'm super happy to be here on this, what do we call this, the maiden voyage of of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. The first, the first episode. So, um, this is, uh, yeah, I guess we're making some history right now. Um, but yeah, um, Tim is a super good friend of mine. And for those that, that, uh, don't know, I used to host another podcast called Superhero Movie Cast. And it was all about, we talked about superhero movies and a lot of other nerdy things. And, uh, Tim was a, a huge part of that show and that's kind of where our friendship developed and so i felt it only appropriate that he come over and jump over on this new venture and help me out with it so um excited and grateful to have you here tim yes i'm excited thank you um but yeah so a quick overview of what the how this podcast kind of kind of works so it's going to be um each episode i'm going to be interviewing and talking to different people about um and asking them different questions about their favorite movies. And hopefully as we talk about these things, we'll be able to kind of share different life stories that kind of come along with some of these movies or, or learn more about people through their favorite films. That's, and that's kind of as a, as I was thinking about a new podcast idea, what I wanted to do. One thing that I love is I love movies and I love, like, I feel like I process so much of my life through film and and I feel like there's also so many stories and memories tied up to movies. And, and as I get to know other people and, you know, Tim, I think one thing that I've always enjoyed about our friendship is like, as we talk about movies, I feel like I get to know more about you as you share your favorite movies. Um, and so that's kind of the, the goal of this is just to kind of get to know different people through their favorite movies and get to know a different side of them. And so what we're going to do today in this first episode is I'm Tim is actually going to be uh, asking me the questions and kind of asking me what, you know, answering the questions. That's kind of like, like I said, the uh, foundation to get the show started. So um, Tim, any, any, as you know, I'm kind of explaining the concept. Does that make sense? Any questions you have about, about this or anything? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm super ready um, to, you know, kick you out of the host chair and, and sit in the chair myself. Awesome. And for you to become the proverbial guest, so to speak. Okay. Well, great then, man. Well, I'm excited. So I'll, uh, I'll let you take over and yeah, let's do this. Okay. How are you? Let me, let's just do a check-in. How are you feeling right now? What, what emotions are coming up for you? Whew. Oh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm mostly excited. I think I'm like, um, you know, I, when I came up with these questions, these are some of them, like this first one is one that I really wanted to ask people. And that, and then that was kind of like the main one and the other ones. But as I, um, was thinking of the questions, like, oh, this would be fun to ask. But then when I was answering it myself, I was like, this is hard to answer. Like, or like I had some anxiety come up of like, man, there's someone that could fit for this one. And like wanting to make sure I got the right yeah. one. So I, well, and, and as the listeners will, will hear, it's, um, you know, like it's, they are, I don't know, like the questions are really good and open and it's not like, it's just like these linear, like, I don't know, like 
what are your three favorite movies or what it's just like yeah how do these how how do these movies like affect you in all these different ways so right. and um i'll just add in too for me i'm i'm a pretty like vulnerable and i can be emotional and things like that so i'm you know some of these might be like fun movies or fun stories some of them might be more serious so just kind of like could be all over the place a little bit yeah let's get let's get real let's let's run the whole gamut of emotions and let's just see kind of what comes up all right sounds good okay so thomas what's one of the most meaningful films to you and what makes it so meaningful or important to you all right so this is one that like there's so many answers i could put for this but late and one this is a movie that's like just well, the first time I saw it, I, you know, I was confused by it and I didn't know if I liked it, but then over time, like it was one that I just really grew to love, but it wasn't until 2020 where this movie just hit me on a whole nother level and kind of just to me has become a movie that I just find myself and I, and I, I don't necessarily rewatch it a ton, but I find myself just randomly, I'll just be like laying in bed at night or just doing whatever in the shower. And I was just like, be thinking about this movie and that's the movie interstellar. So this was a Christopher Nolan film came out in 2014. Um, I was literally going to guess interstellar. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I've probably mentioned it to you over the last couple of years maybe, but um, so also I guess probably heads up to some spoilers. Um, maybe not every movie I talk about, but this one I'm, I'm probably gonna give some spoilers, but um if you haven't seen it, just, yeah, check it out. But so where this really came in, like I said, I've always liked it. It's always been this like really cool concept and like there's so many um, twists and turns in it. But so in 2020, um, and Tim Tim knows this, I, I started going through divorce and it was, you know, the most difficult, challenging experience of my life. Um, and especially like one of the hardest parts of that I have two kids. And so figuring out how to like co-parent and splitting time between your kids. And that was just absolutely heartbreaking um, for them, for me, for my, my former spouse um, and just all of us. And so like in this movie, the, the main, the main character, his name's Cooper um, played by Matthew McConaughey. He, he's a single dad and he's raising his kids the best he can in this like post-apocalyptic world. And he, he gets this opportunity to, to like use his skills as an astronaut, like, cause he's not able to use those skills, do something meaningful and potentially go save humanity. But that means leaving his kids and like, you don't know, he doesn't know if he's going to go back to them. And there's a scene and Tim, you've seen Interstellar, right? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic movie. I love it. Yeah. And so there's a moment in there where he, he goes to like tell his daughter who his daughter's like this super smart person. And like she, she's very intelligent and man, I just like thinking about it in this moment. It's, mm -hmm. it's just like, gives me chills, but he goes to like, tell her he's leaving. And then she asks him, like, she's like, you don't know when you're coming back do you. And he like, he can't, he doesn't even answer the question. And she, she just becomes really emotional, starts becoming very reactive, gets like really frustrated with him. And like, just, it's like, she's almost full of like anger and hatred towards him because even though she can intellectually probably understand what he's doing emotionally, it's like, I already lost one parent. Now you're leaving me. 
and I don't know if you're going to come back. And, and he even says, maybe if I do come back, I might be older than you because if he's going through a wormhole and, and I just, uh, I watched that scene and I had to like pause it and just like cry because I, you know, obviously I wasn't divorces and saving the world or anything like that. But the, the feeling of like leaving your kids and like, they don't understand, wait, why is dad not staying here anymore? Or why, why do I have to go to this house now? And why is, and, and seeing my kids go through these moments of like emotional struggles and like not knowing how to sometimes help them and support them through that. And that's like, Cooper's just like, he's like totally helpless in that moment. Like he's just, doesn't know how to help her, but he, all he can do is like leave and do the best he can. And just that moment, I feel like captured so much what it's like to be a parent. And even if someone hasn't gone through divorce, I can, I still think like as a parent, there's moments like that where you, you do something that probably affects your kids and it hurts them and you, and you don't know how to fix it, I guess. And so that was just a moment that was really, it just, I feel like it captured what I was feeling if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and yeah, that's a great pick. And, and I, I, right now I can't think of a better movie than that, that like really illustrates like the bond that like a parent can have with their kids. And then like how, like the, you know, that disruption um, mm-hmm. can like affect both people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just, just like such a great, oh man, there's so many great scenes in that movie kind of along those lines. Yeah. Um, well, Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry, and oh, go ahead if you were gonna. Yeah, I'm... Oh, and and just like, I think just the aspect of like I'm leaving, you know, for now or whatever, and 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 like I hope what I'm about to do like will make a difference or that it's important or like, but I don't know, and I'm just kind of doing the best like I can, and and so it really does a good job of like making Matthew McConaughey's character just like this really. Um, like vulnerable, but also just like, like human kind of human person of like, yeah, I do not want to do this, but like fingers crossed, like this is good for everyone. Right. When he like, also it's like, he takes this huge leap of faith because he's like, like you said, he doesn't know what he's going to do is going to work or if it's going to help anything or if he'll see them again. And, you know, even when he does, you know, there's that other moment that's kind of heartbreaking too. When he, he goes to this planet and he loses 23 years of his life essentially, or like mm-hmm. everyone on earth is aged 23 years. And so he comes back and his daughter's an adult and she sends him a message and she's pretty angry at him. And like, I can't, man, I can't even imagine like what that'd be like to the last time you see your daughter, she's in this very emotional state. And then you have oh that. Gosh. And then you're like, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I here? I, like that's probably how I'd be feeling. And for him to have to just continue forward on faith, basically, like I'm just going to keep doing this and hopefully it works out. And the movie does end up having somewhat of a happy ending in the fact that like he is successful in his mission and he does see her again, but it's on her deathbed. So it's very bittersweet. But I think what's interesting is she has found a lot of healing and closure at that moment where she's not carrying that anger towards him as you know, like she can see his sacrifice and what he had to do. And, and uh, I guess that's just sometimes how I feel as a parent with a lot of things, like not even just divorce part of it, but just you have to just kind of like go forward as best you can and be like, hopefully this works out and, and maybe it will, maybe it won't. And maybe it'll be a bit of both. And um, I think that's the other part of this movie is it just, it like it confronts the best and worst parts of humanity too. You know, you have like, mm-hmm. 
you have the, like Cooper who's trying to do this valiant thing to like save humanity, and then he confronts Doctor Man, Matt Matt Damon's character, who's like kind of represents the other side of like human like human nature of like this greed, the selfishness, and and I feel like at that part of my life too, I felt. I was I was struggling with a ton of shame. You know, I'd made some big mistakes in my life and I felt very much like just those two parts of humanity and trying to like pull yourself back to like being the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, and yeah, so if there's, and there's, and then the last thing I'll say about it is just there's like, I love the ending too, how they throughout the movie, they think there's these interdimensional like beings that are guiding them on this quest, but they, Matthew, Matt or Cooper finds out that essentially it was him guiding himself throughout this journey. And that to me is like profoundly deep because I feel like, um, so much of our lives are like about tuning into ourselves and like getting to know ourselves better and more and more personally and like how, and learning to like, you know, figure out the things that, that we need rather than always just like leaning on other people or thinking like doing the things that we think other people should be, want us to do um, and becoming more intuitive with ourselves. I think like in trying to in, get in touch with the like highest version of ourselves, I think is really important. And it's like that move. This was another moment in my life where I was really trying to find that. And so like seeing it portrayed once again, it was just like, it was like just mind blowing. Like I was like, I've seen this movie multiple times and then, now it's just like so many things are coming together. Um, so anyway, I could probably keep going, but I'll probably, I'll wrap That's up. That's not, but I mean, yeah, that movie is amazing. And I think I just love movies like that where it's like, they like, as you absorb them more and more and like understand them, they mean like that much more to you and they become better and better and better over time. Right. Yeah. So yeah, hey. definitely one that, like I said, I will find myself just like interstellar, man, like that, this thing, you know, so <laughs> anyways, but what is your family movie and what memories do you have watching this movie? Okay. So this question, I feel like I should explain it real fast. So this was okay. my sister-in-law who, um, she married my brother, Mike, um, back in 2020 and they've been together since 2017, 18, I believe. So Anyway, she's been around the family for a while and she asked this question to me when we were, I was up in Utah with family a couple of months ago. And before I even answered, she, she's like, is, would it be Home Alone 2? And I was like, Home Alone 2? That's, that's random. I would have said like a Star Wars movie or something. But the more I thought about it, I was like, no, actually, you know what? Home Alone 2. I'm, I'm going with that. And so that's, that's my answer. It's Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. Um, and, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Would you say, I mean, I'm, like, I assume that, like, when you say, like, family movie, it's like, this is a movie that we just watch a lot as a family, but I feel like there are, and kind of along the same lines, but there are also movies, like, that are, like, ingrained within, like, a family's culture of, like, they, like, quote it all the time, and, like, they reference it, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, like, it was, what would you say is, like, your definition of, like, this would be, like, like a family movie, quote-unquote? Yeah, I think it's one that we all, it's, like, we all know it. Uh, we all can quote it. And honestly, I don't think my parents could quote this movie. So maybe it's not fully inclusive, but like, oh, yeah. at least my siblings and I, um, we, it's, and so growing up, like we, my parents didn't buy a lot of movies. Like they wouldn't, you know, we would have like a lot of Disney movies. And then we had a few other random things, but like Home Alone 2 was like one of the few non Disney movies that like we could watch. And, and so like, but we couldn't watch it on Sundays. 
that was like, cause we, you know, we grew up, we can only watch certain things on Sundays. And so like, this was one that if it wasn't a Sunday, I always was turning on Home Alone 2. So if I was sick, staying home from school, I'd watch Home Alone 2. We'd watch it around Christmas time, of course, every Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's one that like, we all just, we quote a lot. Like there's the, the part where, um, Tim Curry, um, you know, he like catches Kevin with his dad's credit card and he's like stolen credit card. Like, so we always just like quote different parts of it. Um, another one is like when, uh, uh, what's the bad guy's names? I can't remember their names for some reason. Um, Marv, Harry and Marv, they like the first time they catch Kevin kind of in the middle of the movie and, and Harry's like, let's take a little stroll in the park. Like he just, like there's all these <laughs> things that we'll just like say and, so I was in New York City, you know, like 10 years ago going to Central Park for the first time. So I had to like text all my siblings like that, that line from the movie as I'm walking into Central Park, you know, um, I don't know. And it's just one that, and I don't know if they would answer the same way. So I'm, I'm curious to see how they'd answer this, but, um, yeah, she, my sister-in-law said that and I was just like, it's like, yeah, that, that fits. Um, and, uh, and one other memory. So first of all, I do remember seeing this movie in the theaters because it came out in, 92, I think. Um, so I would have been four or so when it came out. Um, so I remember seeing it in theaters, but I remember then I think it was Christmas of 93. My brother got it. My brother Matt got it for Christmas. And, and then we, um, I remember later that day watching it and my grandma and grandpa Olson were staying there. We lived in Arizona and they were from Utah visiting and they were a little bit older. I think they, I don't know if they were quite in their eighties yet, maybe like late seventies. And the part where, and I don't know if you're, are you familiar with Home Alone 2? Is that one that? Um, I'd say I'm pretty, I mean, I'm, yeah. The, the first one is, is, uh, ingrained in my brain, but the second one, yeah. I think the first one's probably a better movie, but I have like more. It is. Probably for the second one. So. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and yeah, if, if it's the one that you had on VHS and you grew up watching, right. that makes total sense. Yeah. But anyway, so the part was Christmas afternoon or whatever. And the part where like, Marv gets electrocuted. He's like, Kevin basically electrocutes him. He turns into a skeleton for a minute there. Like my grandma, she's this like older lady. And she's just is like, she's like, poor guy. Like she just said, <laughs> in this like very like sweet old lady way. And so like my siblings, that's another thing. We will like, we will always talk about that story. We'll share that story or quote that all the time. And anyway, so it's just one that, yeah, like I feel like when I think about this movie, I think of my siblings, I think of watching it together quoting it um and also like my own kids like my kids my daughter since she's two years old has loved both the home alone movies and so like we every christmas time we'll we watch them both multiple times so um yeah that's my answer for that one nice what movie have you cried the most in um okay so X-Men, The Last Stand. No, I'm just kidding, but, oh, dude, but, I was so excited for no, but I, I wanted to mention this as an honorable mention, though. So, <laughs> um, I did cry in it the first time I saw it. So I think, I think X-Men, The Last Stand is the answer to your last question. I bet my last question. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Who knows? It could be. No, but I did cry when Professor X is, uh, quote, killed. Oh. Anyways, but, uh, I was in high school. And no, but so the movie that I cried the most in, and like, this is one that like, I just cried like throughout the whole movie was Avengers Endgame. Um, 
And like for multiple reasons, like there's moments that are, that are sad, that are like heroic, that are just, there's moments, you know, like the, the Avengers assemble moment. Um, when you have in the portal scene, when you have everyone coming back, you know, after, yep. after live and, and oh, then you yeah. have them all just taking on Thanos's army. Like I was crying at that part, but that was like tears of joy. Cause it was just so oh, yeah. amazing seeing everyone there. And, um, of course, like Tony Stark's and the spoilers, just anyways, but spoilers for Avengers Endgame, but Tony Stark's death scene, like that funeral scene, the, um, they're like the part when, uh, Happy's talking to his daughter and he's like, I'll get you anything you want. And she's like, uh, cheeseburgers. And he's like, your dad loved cheeseburgers. That part just like, mm-hmm. like broke. Like I saw that movie, I think three times in theaters. And I remember every time, like it just, I like, I could not control it. Like it was just, and I think for that part, it was my daughter at the time was, um, she's like 18 months old. And so I was like a new dad. And I just remember feeling like, man, I cannot, imagine my daughter like like have not just like losing her parents and like not fully be able to stand what's going on because tony stark's daughter she doesn't seem to like feel like she totally gets what's happening you know she's five i think at the time Uh anyway so that just gets me and um but yeah so that's that's definitely the movie i've cried the most in interstellar is probably the second but that's yeah okay um man i mean i everything you said is like yep that that movie just it, just the way it starts out just so like somber mm-hmm. and then there's like hope oh and then like is you know is this gonna is this gonna work and can we do this and then it happens and it works and it's so satisfying oh yeah so amazing yeah it just is like all the whole run of emotions in there you know like it's just uh that's yeah that's a good one so um, what? Oh. Well, I think we actually, I think I might have forgot to send you one. Did you, do you have, um, what's your most watched movie? It's okay. We can also skip it. So. Um, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. okay. Right. I just, I had that one in mind, but, um, okay. Yes. So, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, do you want me to ask it? Yeah. Cause I'll just edit that part out. Okay, cool. All right. What is your most watched movie? Uh, so this one was like kind of tricky, hard for hard for me to pinpoint, just because I was like, I'm, it's probably a Star Wars movie, but which Star Wars was it? Um, mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe Return of the Jedi because I, for a while, that was the only one we had on VHS as a kid. But then, okay. then I was thinking about it more. I was like, I've probably seen the Phantom Menace the most um, because I saw it in theaters like eight times. Um, which is crazy because I was I 10. That is okay. Yeah. Oh, so I, was, I heard some stuff in the house, but okay. Well, Eight no times the movie theater. Yeah. I've, I've never seen a movie that I don't think yeah. I've seen a movie more than three times in a movie theater. So it, that's, that's pretty special in and of itself. Yeah. It was, I was 10 years old and I'm like, how did I get to the movies that often? Like, and I already get the money. <laughs> You're like, you checking and stuff. Yeah. Well, I went with my brothers, Matt and Mike, like they were, you know, they were teenagers. Mike could drive. So I went with them a lot. I think Matt and Mike maybe saw it 10 or 11 times. I'll have to ask them. But um, but then, like, I got it on VHS, and I watched it just all the time. And then I remember it was – we first got a Blu-ray or a DVD player. Like, that was our first DVD. 
Um, and I watch that on DVD all the time. And then, I mean, and then now, like, it's the one that my kids like to watch. Like, if we ever mm-hmm. watch Star Wars, that's usually what we'll watch or turn on. And it's like, I've seen, especially a lot of the Jar Jar moments, because my son, that's like, he loves Jar Jar. So I've seen, I've seen those so many times now. And I, um, I was thinking about it. I was like, that's got to be like the movie I've seen the most just because it's like, just all the times as a kid, now all the times with my kids watching it. So, um, you know, and I don't hate episode one. I have, it's not my favorite Star Wars, but it's also like, I don't have like, I still have some affinity for it. Like I said, I was 10 when it came out and it was my favorite movie in the world for a while at that age, at that stage. So, yeah, I mean, and the lightsaber duel at the end, like yeah. that's, that's still my favorite. So yeah, absolutely. A lot of times with my kids, we'll fast forward to the end because I'm like, there's cool Jar Jar stuff too happening, you know, when he's at on the, in the Gungan battle. And then there's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, there's something for everyone. It's. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> um, okay. What's the, what's the first movie you remember ever watching? Um, this one was also kind of hard to think to remember. So I kind of just decided to, I, so I remember going to the movie theater. So if I'm thinking about the first movie I saw in a movie theater. So my, so first off, my dad has told me, that he took me to see Back to the Future 3 with him when I was a baby. Really? Yeah. Dude, So that's awesome. I must have seen it, but I don't remember that. Um, my first memory, though, is seeing Beauty and the Beast, um, mm-hmm. which came out in 92. And I, I can remember coming out of the theater and like my just like loving it. I would have been, yeah, four, maybe five. I, I don't know if it was like a dollar theater type thing or... But um, I remember, I remember it was like cloudy outside, and I remember my brother Matt, who's four years older than me, him saying, "That was way better than the Little Mermaid." <laughs> so, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I, that's the first memory I have me at the movie theater. But like, first movie, I think might be it's either Masters of the Universe, the um, the movie, like the Dolph Lundgren one, came out in 1987, or it's Return of the Jedi. Um, oh, oh the first movie. Okay, like you remember seeing. Yeah, if I have it, if I, so Beauty and the Beast was in theaters. If I had, if I'm just like thinking about like at home, it, I think it, I, I mean, I'm sure it was something else, but that's my first memory is one of those. And I remember being scared of Jabba's palace sequences, which is oh, like pretty early in the movie. And then also yeah. with Mash of the Universe, I remember being scared of Skeletor, like, which is also is like, he's like one of the first characters you see in the movie too, so. Okay, two comments. Comment number one: I also saw Beauty and the Beast in the movie theater. Oh, nice! And I and I'm I think I'm like a year and a half older than you. And yeah. I, but I remember being really like I don't know if I was like intim I was very intimidated by the Beast in like when he's mean at first because I don't know if they ever like showed him being mean in the trailers. I it, I was just like, whoa, this is really intense, and I can't handle this. Yeah. And then um, I. Saw, I don't think I saw all of it, but I saw the Masters of the Universe movie on TV at some point, maybe when I was kind of around the same age. I also remember being terrified of Skeletor. Yeah. Or, or, and, and, but, oh, and like the monsters, like the, like, I, I distinctly remember this one scene where like one of the bad guy, I don't know the characters, but one of the bad guy monsters is like going after this like earth kid. And he's like freaking out and he throws like a Burger King napkin at like one of them or something. Yeah. Just, yeah I, I just remember like, that's not going to do anything. You better get out of there, man. Like, I'm like, I'm really yeah. scared for you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a beast man. And he like knocks the dude out 
there's like blood and stuff. It's like, yeah. I, yeah, there's a part two where Skeletor, like he kills one of the henchmen basically because they fail. And that part I remember too, like being really like just that, that part scared me too. But like no, no loyalty. Yeah. Like he's willing to take out the good guys and the bad guys. So it's it's funny because I remember like my brothers and this must have been. My parents probably were not home and like my oldest brother was babysitting or something because my oldest brother is eight years older than me. And I remember because I used to watch the cartoon He-Man and like I loved it. And they'd be like, okay, we're going to watch the movie now. And then in the beginning of the movie, it's the, it's like the opening credits. And it, the song sounds almost just like the Superman theme song. I swear they like totally ripped off John Williams' Superman theme song. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> um, but and so like I remember like I had this memory of all of us like jumping around the couches and like we're gonna watch He Man and like I was so excited and then it like goes into Skeletor taking over Castle Grayskull and I just be like nope and I ran under my bed like hiding <laughs> not today yeah <laughs> so, awesome. but, uh, yeah what movie has been a source of comfort during a difficult time uh, so this one's really hard to answer because there's been there's a lot and i feel like i could just pinpoint so many different ones um but uh i'm gonna say so ah, man this is hard see i'm like i'm literally changing my answer right now because i had one written out but um i'm gonna put uh, i'm gonna say the movie skyfall the james bond film 2012 i'm excited to hear about this um so once again 2020 was just uh, a rough, rough year. I mean, no, I know it was for everyone. Like everyone went through changes and, but it was, um, that year there was a lot of time of, like I said, I was going through like separation and moving forward with like a divorce. And so there was a lot of time I had, um, I, so I just lost my job and I'd started to work with my dad again. Um, so I, I used to work with my dad while I was in college and stuff. And so, I was in between jobs and like, I didn't know what I was going to do next. And so my dad was like, Hey, you know, I I need some help with this, some work around the marketing stuff. So he's like, why don't you come up to Utah? Cause I I live in Arizona. And so I remember like, we, that's kind of how like a lot of our parenting time was split at first was like, I'd go up to Utah for like a week or a week and a half. And I'd come home and I'd be with the kids for like a week, week and a half. I'd come up back up to Utah and I stayed with my dad and it was just, it was just so rough being away from my kids. Like I was talking about before, but then just, just, I don't know. I had a lot of time to like think about life and process life and things going on. And my dad, it was really fun because my dad's a huge James Bond fan. So a lot of nights we would, we started going through and just watching old James Bond movies. We watched the Pierce Brosnan ones. And then we started doing the Daniel Craig and Skyfall. I've always loved it, but that movie just really, really stood out at that point because essentially it's like about how the character M who's like the, you know, she is in charge of the, the MI6 agents. She has to make all these, you know, she makes this tough call and which almost kills bond. But then you find out the villain of the movie was almost in the exact same situation where he, he came out of this situation feeling abandoned and rejected and hurt. And like, she was like the only family he had and so he was like so bitter against her and goes on this like revenge mission to try to take her down, take down MI6 and, and Bond who also went through almost like the exact same experience as him could have easily just like joined in 
and mm-hmm. and channeled all that rage and and you and in that movie you get bits of his like past and his, he's you 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 realize he's got this like childhood trauma um that and he literally has to go back to his childhood home and like in a sense face some of that and he and I love how he comes out of that movie like not he's he's scarred and he's like wounded but he's not like and, and like physically and emotionally but he he doesn't lose his humanity if that makes sense like he oh yeah right you know he's he and there's like m at the very end of the movie and she's also a character who's struggling with like her own past and her mistakes and she's able to like she she tells bond at the end you know like out of all the things out of all the things i've done in my life like i'm like i feel proud that i was able to like work with you and, and, and train you and be a part of your your life and I don't know, I just found it really like comforting knowing that like life gets so messy sometimes and it's but, like you know we can we can still choose and also like if we have the right tools and resources and people to help support us to get through like these things and we don't have to become bitter and like our lives become just, just like self-destructive essentially because that's how I just felt I felt like I was I was so self-destructive to my life and I and I was like struggling to trust myself and my own instincts and and to kind of see like Bond kind of goes through that in that movie too I mean the beginning of the movie he's he's a bit like you know on shaky ground and things but he he has to kind of navigate that and I don't know it just it was just very like comforting in a weird way and I think you know movies speak to me especially spy espionage action movies and so <laughs> when you can tell a great story within it it just really like spoke to me and so that's that was one that just really brought a lot of comfort to me so well i would say skyfall is my favorite bond movie and and the bond movie that actually i didn't really care m- much about james bond before skyfall mm-hmm. and then like that was the movie where it's like okay like th- like i'm i'm getting really into this character and like it made me go back and, or like, yeah, start going back and watching the Bond filmography. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. I, that's, that's my favorite too, probably. So that, and Casino I Royale. That. can I, can I tell you some, some trivia about that movie? I, I yeah. barely just learned. So I was just like reading on the internet the other day that, um, so there's the, there's the part where they go back to like the, the Bond manor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and they set up the, the, you know, now that, now that you mention it, Skyfall is is pretty directly related to Home Alone too. So yeah, exactly. Um, but um, so they're setting up the traps. So there's the I can't remember his, his name, but the the older gentleman. Oh, Kincaid, um, I think is his name. Kincaid, yeah, yeah, Kincaid. So for for as the kids say, for a hot minute, um, they were considering having asking Sean Connery to play that role. Oh yeah, in the movie that would have been awesome. Um, except it, it would, like, it wouldn't have been like old Bond. It just would have been like, this is Sean Connery as this other character in the Bond universe. So pretty quick Sam Mendes was like, no, like that's like, that's too like trippy and, and like wouldn't make sense. But yeah, yeah I thought I, yeah, it was, it was interesting like to, to, to kind of imagine that happening. Yeah. That would be cool. Have you, have you ever, that just reminded me like quick tangent. Have you ever heard of, have you seen the rock, the movie, the rock with Sean? Carter? Yeah. It's been a long time, but that was definitely my favorite movie when I was like 12. Nice. Yeah. A few months. Yeah. I watched it like a year and a half ago. Um, I'd seen bits of it on TV, but never all the way through. And I just, anyways, one of the theories of that is that, that Sean, cause Sean Connery plays like a, 
an MI, a former MI6 agent. Uh-huh. There's some secret agent from, from the, from, from the UK. Anyway, a lot of people's theory is that, and it's never confirmed or everything like that, but that he's playing himself, like he's playing Bond, an older Bond that is uh-huh. going to prison and then comes out and, I am, and so when I heard that, I was like, "Yep, that's that's my headcanon for that." Yeah, episode. yeah. If that was ever like any, if there's any kind of like official story about that, like that movie would like jump up, you know? Like I, I, I like that movie, but like yeah. I'd be like, "This movie rules!" Like easily the best Michael Bay movie ever. Yeah, I think it probably is my favorite Michael Bay movie. I mean, not that there's like a huge <laughs> thing to choose from, but anyways. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm eager to hear the, the answer to this one. Do you prefer watching movies at home or in theaters, and why do you prefer that format? I think I know, but I'm, yeah, um, I love watching movies in the theater. Like I think, yeah. Um, I, with that said, though, I do like watching stuff at home. But um, it's kind of weird, though. Like I think I've shared this with you before in the past, but like I, I've noted like so I struggle with anxiety, and like one thing that I've learned is like. A lot of times people with, not everybody, obviously, but a lot of times when you, with anxiety, like watching new things can be challenging. And, and I, I love to watch new movies and new shows, but it's this weird commitment thing I have where I'm like, okay, well, I only got two hours tonight. And, and like, what if I don't like this thing? So I'm just going to rewatch something I watched before. That I know and I love. And then like, but at in the movie theater, I am totally game. Anything new, I, I, I will, I'll go see any movie in the theater. Like literally if someone's like, if I have the time and the money and the availability to go, I'll see it. Even if I'm like not that excited for it, just cause I love the experience. Like and taking my kids to the movies has been one of my favorite things. Like even just watching, like I went and saw the minions movie with them this summer, which I didn't mm-hmm. care for, but I was like, this is so fun just to go. And so, yeah, I, I love theaters. I, I do like watching movies at home too, but like if I was choosing my format, it's definitely going to be a movie theater. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and like to echo that, I mean, watching movies at home, like there's that, like there's a comfort piece to it, but there is something, even though like you're not really interacting much with people, there's something so connecting about mm-hmm. being in a movie theater with people and like watching the same thing for the first time. And you know, it, especially if it's like good and like, I'm, I'm sure you've had those moments where it's like you're sitting next to a stranger. But then, like, you experience this and, like, may- maybe you're just, like, you look at each other, like, just, like, whoa. Or, like, you know, it's, like, you feel, like, I don't know your name, but, like, I feel this connection to you because we experienced this movie together. Yeah. And, like, we had these exactly. similar reactions. Yeah. One of my all-time favorite things, one of my favorite human experiences, like, is watching movies, like, opening night, opening weekend with a huge crowd and everyone kind of being in that yeah, moment together. Like, Avengers Endgame is a perfect example of that. I mean, that was... It was like going to like a, like a concert or something, you know, like where everyone is just there in the moment and like, it's, it's just connecting. And so, so yeah, that's, I love that. Awesome. So may I, okay. For the set, the, the next question is what movie has made you laugh the most? May I, may I try to guess what movie you're going to say for this? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Do. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll take a thousand shoot, shoot bucks if I get this right. Um, <laughs> Is the answer Hunt for the Wilder People? No, it is not. Ah, dang. Okay. That's, that's a good guess, though, you know? And and to be honest, you, I You think, got me to that movie. Oh, I did? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. I, it's not on my list, or it's not on the list. I, I do have, like, a list, but I, I did narrow it down. So that is a really good one. And um, I'd say – so this – so when I was looking at this question – 
the way it's worded, it's like, what movie has made you laugh the most? And I was like, cause I was struggling with this. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. And I was thinking, well, it's maybe not necessarily the funniest movie. I don't think it's necessarily the funniest movie, but what has made me laugh the most? So if I was picking what's one of the funniest movies, I'd probably pick Hunt for the Wilder People. But okay. so you were validating me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is going to be like a strange answer, but it's kind of twofold. So um, it's I'm actually going to kind of cheat and give two answers. So first, I want is Shrek two. Okay. And, and then the other one is the movie Dodgeball. Um, oh, I dude. Um, me and Jess watched that like a month and a half ago or oh, something. Oh, really? How, how did yeah. it, how did it hold up? I haven't seen it since um, high school. I mean, there are, there are some aspects that, that aged very poorly, but for the most part, um, it wasn't bad. Like, and, and Jess had not seen it and she, she actually was surprised. Like, I thought she would like hate it and she was, she was like, I want to keep on watching this. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I'll yeah, it, yeah. I, I, so I haven't seen it since I watched it a lot in high school, but I haven't gone back. I did go back and watch Anchorman, um, a couple months ago, and that was another one in high school that I loved and my friends quoted all the time. But, and same thing, like it's still funny, but there's some stuff that doesn't quite hold up or age. Yeah. I age super well. But, um, so anyways, the reason I picked Shrek 2 and Dodgeball is so my friend, my good friend Zach, um, who was like, we've been friends since we were like toddlers basically. But um, I, when Shrek 2 came out, it was the end of my my freshman year of high school. And I remember, like, he, like, showed up at my house one day, one night, and was like, and I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he remembers this, but he's like, he'd already seen it. He's like, dude, we got to go see Shrek 2 right now. And I'm like, okay. Like, I, I wanted to see Shrek 2, but I wasn't, like, he was <laughs> in that high demand. And so, like, we drove to the theater, and I remember going with, like, some of his friends that I, because he was, like, a grade older than me at the time, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know some of them at Anyways, I remember though, like, we all just like were dying laughing throughout the whole movie. Like, and there's the part where, like, are you familiar with Shrek 2? You know, I don't even know if I've ever seen it before. Oh, okay. Maybe <laughs> well, I have, but like, where the, no. well, the character Puss in Boots is like this talking cat. And there's a part where like Shrek and, and, uh, Donkey and Puss in Boots get arrested and they pull off this like little white baggie off, um, Puss in Boots and he's just like, He's, and he looks at the cops or whatever, and he's like, that is not mine. And and it's supposed to be like cocaine or something. And like, we just, for like two or three minutes, I don't even remember what happened next because we were just like dying laughing and we just kept repeating that line to each other. Um, and like the rest of the night, I don't know. And so it's just one that I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I've laughed that hard. But then as I was thinking about that, like a month or two later, Dodgeball came out that same summer. And my, say, my friend, my same, uh, same friend, Zach, we were at the movies with another buddy and we had like, we went and saw the Chronicles of Riddick, which did you ever see that movie? Yeah. Yep. I remember we didn't really like it. Um, yeah. And so we snuck into dodgeball after, like, I don't know if you ever did that back in the day. We called it movie ditching where you'd like leave a movie or like after your movie, you'd go watch. And so we didn't even see all of dodgeball. We got there. Like we probably saw like three fourths of it, but the part when, they're all like celebrating and they're like, as long as we have patches of hula hand, we're going to win. And then <laughs> that big sign falls off. <laughs> and like, literally just like, I remember like, we just laughed for like, I don't know. It's what seemed from my memory. It's just like for like a couple minutes after, like we're like, you just, you don't even see what's happening next. Cause you're still just like laughing at that one thing. Oh, that's awesome. And so anyways, those were the two that like really stood out. So, and it was with that same friend and they were like really close. So I was like, I'll probably just, 
I'll just kind of cheat and do two here. So, Hey, that, yeah, that works. Okay. Um, yeah, I'd be super, super curious for, for you to watch dodgeball and in the near future. I think it was on like Netflix. It's streaming somewhere. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Just see how, how it feels for you now. Yeah. Um, What's about that movie? Sorry. My friends and I, that, so we were going to my sophomore year. We tried to start a dodgeball club at our high school because of that movie. Like we like loved up. We just started playing dodgeball a lot and like the school wouldn't let us do it. Cause it was like too violent or something. We got like all these people to sign a petition that they wouldn't let us do it. So actually, um, when, um, when I was in high school, you know, like I, I'm not like a huge, as you know, I'm not like a huge sports guy, but like me and uh, my best friend growing up and he had like a bunch of friends from his school. Cause we went to different schools that like I was, I knew really one was good friends with. And um, we, we would play this game called sting, which is dodgeball, but you're, but you're not like on different ends of the, of the gym. You're just all running around and it's like every person for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and for so long, like every Saturday night, we would get the keys to the church and go in the church and play Sting for like a couple hours until like from like ten to midnight or something. That's awesome. Yeah, so fun. It was so fun. Yeah, yeah. dude, dodgeball is a lot of fun. And yeah, I, yeah, it's so yeah. Anyways, it never happened, but man, okay. Uh, let's okay. What movie should everyone see or watch at least one time in their life? So there's a lot of stuff I could put in this, but uh, trying I was trying to kind of think of like something outside the box a little bit. And so so for me, I picked the movie Arrival, um, okay. which is uh, came out in 2016 with Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. And this movie was like, I, I remember seeing the trailers for it. And have you seen it? Have you seen this, Tim? Uh, yeah, I, I've only seen it once, but yeah, okay. fantastic. Um. So I won't spoil too much of it just in case, cause I don't know how many, if it's like one that's, it's not like a, it wasn't a huge blockbuster or anything, but I remember like it looked cool and interesting and going to see it, it starts out really like there's like this really emotional scene that it starts with and then it gets kind of slow and it's like very more like moody and like more like atmospheric where like the director, Denny Villanueva, who like, who's done the Dune and Blade Runner 2049 and, um, movie prisoners like that's kind of how his movies are like he really sets the stage like the world and gets you like kind of soaked in this like environment and so this movie i remember like feeling like it wasn't like i wasn't bored but i do remember it feeling like it was just kind of slowly moving and it's like essentially a first contact alien Mm -hmm. movie where like they're trying to contact these aliens and and it's but it's different than any other like first contact movie i've seen and but the way it like wraps up is just so it's, to me it's still like one of my favorite like endings to a movie and it's just like so fascinating and interesting and like kind of mind bending the way everything kind of comes together and it, it's it's similar to like Interstellar where it's a movie where I just find myself thinking about a lot and like the there's a lot of like interesting ideas around the concept of time and around like relationships and almost and if like if you knew things were going to happen in your life would you still live your life the same way like um or would you still make the same choices you do would you still try to like maintain relationships even if you knew they couldn't last forever Mm -hmm. and i just think and in a lot of ways like 
life is like that. We just, we never know if things are going to be permanent or not. And we have to kind of just once again, move forward in faith. And I don't know. It's just, it's a movie that I think everyone should watch at some point because it's just, it's, it's like, you know, like it's once it's, it's like a really well done movie, but it's one that's very thought provoking and kind of expands your, for me at least expanded my brain and what thinking and, and just thinking about life differently. So um, yeah, that's, that's what I'd say. Awesome. Yeah. I need to revisit that movie for sure. Um, I actually didn't see it in the, like I probably didn't see it. What year did it come out? 2016. Okay. Yeah. I didn't see it till uh, like 2019. Um, so, you know, we were Marco, we were Marco pulling earlier today talking about movie series, like watching them certain times of year and stuff. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. This is the movie. This came out in November of 2016. So every November, it's one that like, literally like, it would just all of a sudden popped in my brain. I'm like, I, sh- I need to watch Arrival. Oh, that's cool. I don't, even, I don't watch it every year, but it's one that like, if I am going to watch it, it's always around this time of year. So like yeah, that's cool. Um, okay. Ooh, okay. Here's, ooh, this is a good question. What movie has been difficult for you to get? What, what movie has been difficult for you to watch or get through? What was it about the film that made it challenging? Okay. And so just as like a little like asterisk with this like explanation of this question, I was kind of thinking of like, you know, sometimes there's movies where like they, it's just either it's like maybe brings up things from your own life, like past experiences or, you know, trauma or, or it just hits really close to home. So it can be difficult. So that's kind of one angle of answering it. The other one would be like, it just was like hard to understand or what was going on. Um, and so for me, it's the former though, it's kind of how I answered it. And so I, man, this was a hard one. Cause there's like, there's two that really stood out, but, uh, and maybe I'll, I'll quickly talk about both of them. But the first one is the movie, the hunchback of Notre Dame, the Disney mm-hmm. movie. Um, did you ever see that? Oh, so many times. Okay. We had that on VHS. Yeah, we had it too. And I, I remember it came out and like, literally just like, it was just a Disney movie and it was a big deal. My mom and sister saw it, but I didn't see it in theaters. And then we got it on VHS. And I remember watching it. It was like a Sunday afternoon. It was like my sister's birthday, if I remember. Like she had got it for her birthday and we were just watching it. And there's the scene where they have the Festival of Fools. I think that's yep. what it's called. Yep. And Quasimodo, the character, he, you know, he who's a hunchback and it's got these deformities. He's lived his whole life away from society. And this priest that he lives with essentially manipulated him into like thinking everyone would hate him and he could never go out because he'd be outcasted. And so I was eight, I think when I watched this, so I was really young anyway. So it's like this like big musical number. And then right after that, the people find out that, Oh, this guy, it, cause it's the thing is like people dress up crazy because they want to like act like a fool for a day. But then when they find out that he actually has these like, different deformities and and looks different they end up like throwing tomatoes at him and they like tie him down and it's just really like they're just brutal to him and like and basically all the things that his abuser this priest told him his whole life came true and so now like this is everything that he said is accurate so like in his mind he's just like i don't know i don't know i think he's supposed to be like a young adult age and so it's like he views the world in this way. And and I remember like literally like I was in like, I was watching with my family and I was like eight and I didn't want to show I was crying, but I was like crying and I like left to go to the bathroom because I was just like, 
why are they, why are they hurting him? Like, why are they doing this? Like, it just, mm. it, like, it hurt my heart so much. Like, I just remember being like, this is like, oh, I can't watch this. And I didn't know if I want to watch the rest of the movie. Um, but, and, you know, I ended up coming back in and watching it. And then a couple of days later, I remember being at a friend's house and watching it. And that, like, as soon as the song started, I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I just like sat in the bathroom, <laughs> waited like 10 minutes and then came out. Cause I was like, I, I can't watch that. Like, and, and for me, I think what made it really challenging was just like, I don't think I really understood at that time, the cruelty that people, how cruel people can be. Right. And at a young age, like seeing it depicted to this guy that like, you know, the first 20 minutes of the movie is like you grow attached to and he's like, he just wants to go out and experience the world. He wants to have a life outside of this like confinement that he's stuck in. And, and then he does. And then it just goes terribly wrong. Like it goes really well for a moment and then it just crashes down. And so like, anyway, that's one that's just always stayed with me. And, um, you know, over the years, like, you know, I was able to watch that and I, I did, I watched that with my daughter a little while ago. And kind of, I think she might have had a similar reaction because we didn't actually end up finishing watching it because I think she just was like, it, and I was like, maybe like, oh yeah, maybe she's a little young. I don't know. I thought, I think it's rated G. It's a Disney movie, but anyways. So yeah, that's, that's probably, that's the one. Yeah. I that one. It's been, it's been years since I've seen the movie, but I do remember like that part is incredibly just like, um, I don't know, like just like real and just like, yeah. wow, this, this really hurts to watch. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's a hard movie to watch. I mean, even just the whole story, it's it's just like it's about corruption and like the guy abusing is like just a total narcissist, total mm-hmm. abuser, and like he's the villain is like one of the worst Disney villains they've ever created. And I mean, and there there's even like the prejudice, racism, like yeah. aspect of it too with gypsies and stuff. So, well, and he basically like the character Esmeralda, like he he's like wants to sleep with her but because she rejects him he and he turns it into like this thing of like i can't remember the exact thing way he he describes it but it's like oh i I was being tempted and if i can't have you then no one can so i'm going to kill you and i'm going to kill all the gypsies like it's just the guy is just so like twisted in his beliefs yeah so anyways And did you say you had, a, you had a, another one for that too? Um, yeah, just real quick, and I won't I won't go on too much. The movie The Way Back that came out in 2020 with Ben Affleck, and it's about okay. he's uh he's like this alcoholic, struggling alcoholic, and he becomes like a basketball high school basketball coach. And I watched it once again in 2020 when I was going through some hard stuff, and I just you know I'm I'm not an addict, um, but like the struggles that he faced in his life. Like he, you know, he goes through a divorce and other things like it, the movie just, I feel like demonstrate, um, like portrayed a very real portrayal of like addiction and relationships and like those types of things. And so it was just a movie that was like probably at that moment really fresh for me. And so it was kind of hard to, to get through at times, but mm-hmm. I've not seen, yeah, I've not seen that one. Yeah, it's it's a good movie though. I definitely recommend it. But um, let's see where we at. oh, what's the most inspiring movie? Okay, so I'm curious. Do you have any guesses what I might pick for this one? Oh, dude, I've lost confidence in myself after <laughs> uh, after. <laughs> let me oh, let me think for a second. Um, I know there are there are parts of of movies 
that are really, really inspiring to you, but I don't know. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if you've chosen one that's like more consistently inspiring. Yeah. Okay. Well, no worries. Well, so my answer for this would be the dark Knight rises. Okay. Um, and flawless movie. Flawless. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care what people say. Um, Yeah. So this movie is like, I mean, the dark Knight was a huge smash hit and everyone loved it, but like, this is one is not as, you know, highly revered as for many people, but, um, I, I, I absolutely love this movie and it's, it's, you know, we were just joking. It's flawless and it's, you know, there's got, it's not perfect and there's some plot holes and you can poke into that and expose, but for the, like telling the story, you know, about the character Bruce Wayne. So, and anyone that doesn't know, like Batman, Bruce Wayne is my favorite superhero and my favorite, just period fictional <laughs> characters, period. I thought you were going to say for anyone that doesn't know, Batman is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. What? <laughs> Um, yep, Bruce Wayne, Batman, if anyone didn't know, but, um, but he's, yeah, he's one of my favorite fictional characters of all time. And to mm-hmm. me, this movie is just, it's inspiring because like he, you know, Batman has always just been this tortured, damaged character that like he lives in the shadows, he, he's brooding and he like thrives off that. Like he thrives off being, um, tortured and, and, and like, all this unresolved trauma that he won't like, he doesn't fully like, you know, process in his life. And he, or at least the way he does it is by beating criminal criminals up. And, and I love that about the guy. I mean, it's in that way, it's inspiring too. He, he, rather than like taking that trauma and doing something bad, he tries to do something good. But I like that this movie, like he, he uses that to the point of like, he's willing to die for his city to for the people. Like he's like, that's the heroic aspect of it. But that, you know, the, the movie literally has the, t- the word rise in the title, but like there's a moment where he's is stuck in the pit and he has to climb oh. out and he literally like rises out of obscurity, out of darkness so that he can go and like confront his fears and his trauma and his past and, and does it in just like the most epic and heroic way possible, I think. Um, and what I, just, I don't know if you're going to mention this, but like my, my, that is probably one of my favorite movie scenes, like period. Uh, and mm-hmm. I love like, because he, what he tries two other times before that to get out and he doesn't make it. And right. Yeah. Is it two other times before? Yeah. He, and then, um, and w- one of those times I forget the first or second time, one of the guys is like, like, what do you feel? And he's like, I feel angry. And he goes and he, he fails um, and then when he succeeds, right, that's the time where he acknowledges that, like, I'm, I feel fear and I'm scared. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's really powerful and, like, just goes to show, like, fear is not something that, like, we need to run away from. But if we actually, like, are willing to embrace our fear, that can actually do a lot to empower us. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. That's, yeah, that's one of my, that's, if I was to ever like, that's not one of the questions, but a favorite movie scene that might be like my favorite is him oh, yeah. coming out of the pit and that, that whole exchange too with the doctor that you're just talking about. And then as he climbs out and you get like the music swelling and then like the prisoners are chanting and, and yep. it's a small detail once he gets out, but I really like it. He throws the rope down for the prisoners to get out. Like, you know, cause that's, that's Bane's whole thing is he's like, I'm going to put you in this pit so you can see the light and know, think that there's hope, but, 
he's because he's like you can't know true despair without hope and and i love that like i don't know that that bruce is able to find a way to still like get out of that situation if you will or like or find a way to kind of move move forward with it um and then like he his you know and his journey still isn't done he still has to go back to gotham and fight bane and all that stuff but it's like that's part of it. He's able to like confront it and face it rather than like run from it and stay trapped in the, in the, in the pit, if you will. So. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a guess at this next one. Cause I'm, I'm feeling pretty, I'm like 60% confident. In my <laughs> answer. So what's your favorite movie quote? All right. Oh, good. And it is, I'm 60% sure it's the Batman begins. Why do we fall? So yeah, uh, yes, you you are right. Okay, right. but is there a caveat to that? No. Okay, so because because this is such a okay, so yeah, the wide it's like the quote from and it comes back in that moment in the Dark Knight Rises, but when yeah, when Bruce Wayne falls in the when he's a kid, he falls in the Bat Cave or he he falls in this Bat Cave. Yeah, I guess what's called that. And then his dad is like, Bruce, why do we fall? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. And and then that's echoed again and. Bruce remembers that that moment with his dad right before he makes the climb. Um, so yeah, that is probably my favorite. Um, but there's a quote that I wanted to, because it's one that I feel like I've talked about so much in my and maybe new people to the show I haven't heard me talk about it. But on Two Bureau Movie Cast, I talked about that a lot. So I was gonna there's a new one that I was gonna share. Um, but I did want to say yes that that is one of my okay. So this one actually comes from Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Oh, nice. Okay. Which I, I, I um, just watched recently with um, like my kids and my girlfriend's kids too. We all watched it together. Um, and it was just super fun to watch that with them. You know, they're all like young, seven and younger. And so like just they all, they all like Spider-Man. So it was fun to watch this. But there's a moment where Miles the main character of the movie is like struggling with his powers and trying to figure out how to like, and he just goes through this great loss with his uncle. Um, and he's just like a really low moment. And Peter B Parker played by the, the wonderful Jake Johnson. <laughs> I love him so much in that role. Like, I don't know if there's a better, better movie casting than, yeah. than that. Seriously. He's seriously like so good in that role. It's, it's so, it's, it's amazing. But so there's a moment though where like, yeah, Peter's or Miles is at like his lowest and Peter says, so, or Miles says something like, how do I know like that I'm going to be good enough essentially? And he's like, he's like, it's a leap of faith. Um, that's all it is, Miles, a leap of faith. That's what he says to him. And that's just, it just stayed with me. This was only like a week or two ago we watched it. And literally, I don't know. I just, I found that to be really meaningful. And like, and then the next sequence you see Miles like finally like take that leap of faith and he be, starts to develop this new confidence in himself and like he's able to tune into his powers and, and what he's capable of. And so anyways, that quote, I, I really like, um, but my all time favorite is definitely the wider okay. fall one. So awesome. Um, okay. So we're on the last question. Actually, I have a, can I, can I shoehorn just like a fun question that I want yeah. to put in and um, hopefully this isn't like a doesn't torture you too much to think of the answer, but I'm wondering um, what is a movie scene that you have, let's say like growing up playing with friends or your brothers or whatever, what is the movie scene that you've kind of reenacted the most 
That's a great question. Um, or yeah, just like what? Yeah, throw some out there. I'm just curious. Okay, so I have like a couple. So obviously, Star Wars was huge for me. I'm a huge Star Wars uh-huh. fan. That was a big one. Um, I remember my friend Zach. I mentioned Zach. We watched Shrek and stuff together. Um, I remember we used to reenact the scene in Return of the Jedi where um, Luke defeats Darth Vader, and specifically when he unmasks Darth Vader. And they have that exchange, which now I'm finding that's interesting because we were like five or six. And like, it's not the most exciting part of the movie, but it, right. that was one that we would, we would, we would reenact a lot. Um, and like, I don't, we take turns. Okay. You'd be Darth Vader. And like, we pretend taking the mask off and like probably butchered the dialogue, but like that was, <laughs> I, I always love just like how, like, I don't know, like it was almost like jarring. Like you, when you take off the helmet and like the top of the of like the face was just like and I had all these like connector things. Yeah. Like, Whoa! Like that's what it looked like the entire time. That's crazy. Well, I think especially back then when that's all there was was the original trilogy, and you only yeah, like you said, you only see Vader without his mask off that one time, and then the Force Ghost. But it's like, yeah, it is. It's super jarring. You're like, well, what happened to this guy? Like, yeah. Why is he, he's all pale and like. <laughs> he looks like Uncle Fester from the Adams Family. Yeah. <laughs> With like a chunk of his head missing. Like. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I know I used to reenact the, um, the Sar, like the Sarlacc pit fight scene for Return of the Jedi oh, yeah. at recess. Oh, yeah. I remember doing that with some friends. Um, and Luke, the Darth Vader, like Luke cutting off Darth Vader's hand and, um, Empire Strikes Back. Um, but another one that's standing out to me was, this was when I was a, like freshman in high school. <laughs> my friend Carl and I, um, so, and my friend Carl, he actually, um, passed away like six months after this at like a scout trip. Um, but he, the summer before Pirates, the first Pirates of the Caribbean came out, he loved it. And like, he and I would watch that a lot and we quoted all the time. And mm-hmm. we would, we would reenact the fight scene, the first fight scene between Jack Sparrow and Will Turner, like when they first mm-hmm. meet and they're like, we would like do a lot of the movements and we'd say a lot of the dialogue and like, we were like 15 years old and we'd do that. I remember specifically it was like new year's Eve and we were like, there was some party going on and we went to my backyard and we were like doing that in my backyard. <laughs> so I watched that recently. That's still, in my opinion, one of the best like sword fights in a movie is. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's just, it's good. And this, the dialogue is a little cheesy. Like I watched it recently too, but I can still quote it as I'm watching it. Cause of that, like those, those sort fake sword fights we did in reenactment. So. But, uh, um, dude. Okay. So sorry to do this. Can I, can I shoot her, shoot her one more question before we go? To yeah. Okay. Um, what, what's a movie that you feel like you should love or you like really, you know, like you, a movie you feel like you should love, but maybe you don't like, it's like, man, like logically, like, you know, I feel like this should be a movie that like, I should be really into, but it just doesn't like jive or, or click for me. Yeah. Oh man. That's a, that is a tough question because I mean, Tim, you know me, like I'm pretty forgiving and positive when it comes That's to movies, <laughs> but there are some, I'm just trying to think of like what that would be. Um, ah, man. Cause like, okay. Um, hmm. Okay, so probably the one that's coming to mind is is Alien. Okay, okay. So Tim, mm-hmm. we watched that like two years. Like this was back in 2020 when I'd come up there a lot. But um, 
and I liked it, but I was just like, I didn't, I didn't love it. And I know that's a very revered movie. I, I still haven't watched Aliens, and I know you've been telling me for like two years, like that, I, that I'll probably like that one more. Than yeah, you're gonna love, you're gonna love Aliens. Which, um, but I, I also feel strongly that you, we need to watch that together. So Aliens, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, I, I was kind of nervous that we watched Terminator Two a couple years ago together, and I remember mm-hmm. feeling like. I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to like this one. Because yeah. it was probably based off that experience with Alien. But I, I love Terminator 2. Well, and, and the thing is, too, like, it, like your experience with Alien makes a lot of sense because, like, it is, like, it's so famous and revered. And also, like, I think a lot of movies have kind of built off of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's it's a slow movie, like, when, you come, when it comes down to it. And there are definitely aspects of it that's, like, you know, it doesn't look, it's from 1979, so it doesn't, like, look as good. Yeah. I, I've had a lot of experiences, though, where I've watched a movie like that, where I'm, like, the first time I'm, like, yeah, I'm not loving this. And then I'll give it a second chance, and I'll end up seeing, a bit, okay, no, I can see. So Iron Man is a good example, the first Iron Man movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was on my, um, more like, Mormon LDS mission when I saw that. And so, you know, I watched movies for two years, and... I love superheroes and I, and I liked character Iron Man, but I remember like coming home and I just, I didn't really like it that much. I thought like Tony Stark was just super arrogant and not likable, but then it's grown on me and I love that movie now. Like it's yeah. one of the best MCU movies. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm really glad that yeah. movie grew on you. Yeah. I'd rather you love Iron Man than, than alien. So <laughs> out there. Oh, perfect there. Okay. Okay. Now we're on the last question. And we're going to go with your your revised version because because I, I like the way that's phrased. Okay. Um, if you had to give one film out, as, okay, I'm gonna start over. If you had to give one film out as a gift to every new person you meet for the rest of your life, what movie would it be? Okay, so I remember before we started recording, I told you I was like because I there was two questions we had for this one, and I changed it, um, and I thought I'd have the same answer, but then. Literally, as you were reading it, I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to change my answer for this one. So if I was to like, give a movie out as a gift to every new person I meet, the movie I'd give them is Star Wars The Last Jedi. And maybe it's because I want to be controversial. I don't know. <laughs> because I know that's like a movie that everyone, people love or they hate it. Yeah. But I feel like for me, I, I fall in the camp of I love it. And the reason I love it is because like, I think it's just like a really one Star Wars and it to me I think it has some of the best like some of my favorite Star Wars action scenes are in it. Um it captures like that that mood and spirit of Star Wars. But I think for me, if I was to like cause when I was thinking about this question, it's like I want to give someone a movie. It, it I want it to be something that's like meaningful to me and that I feel like maybe represents me as a person, but also is like, has a meaningful message to it or something like that, I guess. But mm-hmm. it's also fun and exciting and all the things that I love about movies. And this is one that I feel like encapsulates all that because, you know, like in this movie, Luke Skywalker is at his lowest and he's experienced like a ton of failure in his life. And he's, and this movie is about him, like kind of like finding faith in himself again and, um, you know, learning from those failures, not letting those things like, you know, essentially like continue to bring him down. Um, and he ends up like sacrificing himself in an incredibly heroic way. And so I feel like I have 
really related to that character of Luke because for most of my life I felt like I tried to be like very noble and like try to put myself out there as like someone that was just very, I don't know, did a lot of good, but I, you know, I've, I've, I've struggled and made some of my own mistakes and failed and things like that. And I felt those, those feelings that he has of like wanting to just give up and hide and to run away and to like, just give up essentially. And to kind of see this heroic figure that I grew up loving go through this process was, it was hard and it was jarring for me, but at the same time, it like, it's incredibly inspiring and motivating. And, and so it's one that like, if I was to like, Hey, there's a, there's a movie that represents me and how I've, some of my life experiences, but it's also cool and fun and exciting. This is the one, you know? And then of course you throw in like this Ray's story. I love her. Like, you know, all the, all the characters essentially like they, they experience huge failures in it and have to like confront that. So yeah, that's what I'd, that's the movie I give out. So awesome. Yeah. I love that movie too. I think that's a great gift. And, um, I think it's important for us to remember that, um, you know, we can grow as people and we can like, uh, you know, yeah, we can grow and, and get to, uh, this like Jedi Knight status, but life is messy and complex. And, um, like, I, I think it's kind of the same thing or like a similar thing with Iron Man too, where it's like, we can, you know, like there's like these ebbs and flows of like how we, how we um, progress in life and yeah, sometimes trauma happens and, and that puts us back, you know, five or 10 steps. Right. Yeah. And, and like to have like that kind of storyline set against a Star Wars movie to me is just like, that's like my, yeah, just bringing two things I love together. So, (laughs) Um, but okay, cool. Well, real quick, I'll just share this one because I feel like I, the other question we had was if you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would that be? Um, that was the original final question. So this is just like a quick bonus one. I was going to, I would have answered the dark Knight mm, um, nice. because I just think that is the perfect blockbuster. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting, action packed, um, thrilling as amazing performances, but it's also incredibly complex and dense and has like so much, meat that you can pull from it and analyze and look at and just one that I think speaks for itself. I mean, I think it's a movie that most people would agree is incredibly powerful movie. So anyways, that's, I could, I don't think I'd ever get sick of watching it is, Mm -hmm. you know, my point. Like I could just watch that movie. If I can only watch one forever, that'd probably be the one I'd pick. So. Nice. Hey, we did it. We did it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Tim. That was, um, that, that was, was a lot pleasure. of fun. Mm-hmm. Felt therapeutic as well to, to talk about some of these. That, that's what I was going for. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted, you know, any anxiety level, any anxiety levels like decrease a little bit and, and have a good time talking about. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing your, Tim is a therapist. People don't know. <laughs> so bringing your, your skill set here. So, no um, well, Tim, I really appreciate that. And anyone that is listening to this, like I said, this is our first episode. So if you listen this far, thank you. I appreciate it. And that's kind of a, a taste of, if you will, of, of what to expect with this. Um, so if you would like to be on the show, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to, I'm, I'm going to start conducting more 
interviews. So I will be the one hosting and doing the questions next time, but um, please reach out. Uh, you can contact, I don't have a, currently I do not have a website or email or anything for my thing. So just reach out to me. If you know me personally, you can text me or Facebook message me, Instagram, um, my Instagram, you can, if you don't know me personally, my Instagram name is, uh, what is my name? Sorry. I got a Tommy Olson 88 on Instagram. So find me there. And, uh, anyways, thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, hope you have a good rest of your day.